0: Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman. It is wonderful to be back on the podcast again today. I've been off for a couple weeks as I've been caring for my daughter who was born premature uh, and is up in the Twin Cities. I want to thank you all for your continued prayers uh, during this difficult time in my family's life. But uh, uh, I and my children are back this week for Vacation Bible School and so I uh, thought I would offer to to, uh, do the podcast again today and really excited to do that. So just a reminder that Twin Steeples is a production of Emanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. This uh, week, I just wanted to do some devotional thoughts based on our vacation Bible school that we've been doing. Uh, this week, our theme is Children of the Heavenly Father. And on the first day, we did a brief lesson on when Jesus blessed the little children, of course you remember how these mothers were bringing their children to Jesus, and the disciples uh, rebuked them and said Jesus was too busy and too important to have time for them. And Jesus rebuked the disciples then in turn and told them, "Let the little children come to me, for of such is the children, for of such is the kingdom of God." You know, I think this this story really outlines for us exactly how we become children of God and who can be. A child of God. And that's an important thing to remember and keep in mind is that is that all people on this earth from the littlest baby who has no understanding or no ability to comprehend uh, what is going on in a, in a normal, reasonable, rational sense. And yet faith can indeed exist in their heart because Jesus said to the disciples, he said, unless you have faith like one of these little ones, you cannot enter the kingdom of God, which is amazing that God holds up this faith of a child, not only as a Ha- not only as having faith, but as the best and the epitome of faith, the best example of faith is the faith of a little child. You know, I have little kids and and when i when they have questions or they they need answers, they they come to me and I will give them an answer and they they trust my answer implicitly. Um, my kids are at an age almost now getting out of it, but where if I told them the sky was green and the grass was blue, they would just believe me. Course, as they get older, and you see this especially as you get into the preteen and teenage years, they start questioning everything that you say. And that's where your reason and your rationality and your ability to, to think starts to develop more and more. But it's that faith of a little child that hears God's word and trusts in it completely and implicitly. That's the faith that Jesus holds up as the highest example of faith. And so, our verse for that, for our first day of the week, there was. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. From Mark chapter 16, verse 16. And that's how we become children of God, is by believing and by being baptized. And that belief, we know, comes through the working of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God in the hearts of believers. And, of course, working through the sacrament of holy baptism as well, faith is created in the heart of a child. Uh, I Recently, when my, my daughter Adelaide Hope Nauman was born, at 23 weeks and three days, I, I immediately baptized her. And it was it was neat to be able to do that. It's not something I, I ever hoped to do in my life. And yet this little baby who could barely cry and who weighed one pound seven ounces, I was able to to baptize her. And with the, the word of God present, faith was created in her heart. It's purely a miracle because this little baby could not understand what was happening, could not see uh, the baptism taking place, could not understand the words that were being spoken. And yet we know that through the word, uh, through holy baptism, faith was created in that little child's heart, and that she now trusts in Jesus as her Savior. And just as she could recognize her mother's voice and my voice, and it's obvious that she does now when we come to her bedside, she's, she, she perks up and she, she, you can see that she's her eyes will open. You can see that she recognizes her mother and my my voice, how much more so do we recognize our Heavenly Father's voice? Does she recognize her Heavenly Father's voice when he speaks to her through the Holy Word? And that's why it's very important to me whenever I go see her to, to read a psalm to her, to sing a hymn to her, to, to share God's Word with her, because I know that Word is what work, continues to work and grow that faith in the heart of this little child who can't understand it, but again, that Word works uh, works miracles. And that's what Vacation Bible School is all about, too, is these little children who may not comprehend every point their teacher is trying to make and may not understand every nuance of the stories that we're talking about, and yet the Word of God works. The Word is the power, and that's the promise that our God makes to us, is that His Word accomplishes what He pleases. does not return to Him void, but does what He wants, and uh, we can trust in that as long as we stay faithful to the Word. God will continue to bless the work that we do here in Emmanuel, and that's why the Word is so important to you and to me and to all those who trust in Jesus as their Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank and bless you for making us children of the Heavenly Father. We pray that you would be with us and and strengthen our faith uh, as we continue as your children. Uh, Help and keep and protect us from all harm and danger. Help us to share your word with all those whom we have the opportunity to. We pray these things in your saving name. Amen. Okay, I've got a couple announcements here uh, that Pastor Radicals left for me to share with you. Once again, the 7 p.m. Bible class is going to take place tonight, uh, continuing to work on the website and comparative faiths. Uh, once again, I want to highlight our Men's Breakfast Bible Study at 6.30 this Friday. Uh, we're continuing our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Hope you can join us for that. This past weekend, Erica Hart and Mr. Kevin Schrader, I should say Mrs. Erica Hart and Mr. Kevin Schrader, uh, were installed as our teachers for this coming year. So we have a full faculty in place uh, uh, on the school side of things. Uh, Mrs. Erica Hart is our new kindergarten teacher. Uh, Mr. Kevin Schrader is our math and science teacher on the high school level. So uh, we welcome them. and We look forward to the important work that they'll be doing for the little lambs at our school. Also wanna remind you that the uh, Sanctuary Improvement Committee survey is online. You also have the ability to mail in your surveys. Um, there's a quarterly voters meeting next Monday, that's Monday, July 19th, uh, to make decisions on the Sanctuary Improvement recommendations. So uh, if you haven't taken a chance yet, please make sure you take a look at that uh, and uh, let your voice be heard on that. On our prayer list for today, uh, Marie Meyer, That's the sister of Grace Schreier over in Red Wing, continues to to battle cancer. We keep her in our prayers. We pray for Tim and Laura Schaller uh, and their little girl, Lila, who uh, was born amazingly, uh, remarkably coincidentally. Uh, She was born at 23 weeks and three days, just about two weeks before my daughter Adelaide was born at 23 weeks, three days, gestational age. So uh, these two little girls uh, are certainly miracles of the Lord and it's amazing to see them both grow. And so we certainly keep Lila and I I want to thank you again for all your prayers for myself and my wife and my family. And and of course, little Adelaide hope as well. And uh, pray that the Lord would give her healing of body and so that I can get back to work here among you all here at Emmanuel. Uh, Which brings us to our doctrine of the day. I kind of wanted to highlight a little bit today, this concept of of a childlike faith, which, of course, Jesus holds up as the, as the highest example of faith, but also the place of reason. And I think this is a, uh, something that really gets a lot of people tripped up out there because how do we make this balance between reason and faith? Um, of course, uh, Martin Luther famously wrote The Bondage of the Will, um, or that you could also call it The Bondage of Reason, and, and how uh, reason should take a back seat, uh, will our human wills take a back seat to God and to the faith that he puts in our heart so how do we how do we balance these things how do we operate because God made us as rational beings God made us as logical uh, humans with the ability to reason and think through problems um, if you look at the the theological books on my shelf there are hundreds of books and there's many many more out there um, on faith on the uh, the, on the word of God and, and many of these books, including the book of Concord, you know, we'll go through, we'll go through reasonable, rational rational uh, arguments and presentations to present the doctrines of God's word. Uh, and yet also, uh, Jesus holds up that child life faith as the highest example. So what does this mean? Does this mean that we should go through life and just blindly trust everything the Bible says? Or on the other hand, should we... Uh, investigate and dig into God's word and, and see if it has the veracity to hold up to attacks from the outside. And, you know, that, that either or question there is something that I don't, I don't really like. I don't like that. I don't think we should simply say it's one or the other. I think it certainly is a combination of two. Two things can be true at once. One thing is that, yes, Jesus does want us to have a childlike faith, to trust and implicitly uh, uh have faith in the words that he gives to us in his word. And yet also God's word does hold up. It is voracious. It is able to withstand the attacks of, of so many people who have come and have tried to criticize it and take away from it or add to it or point at different what they suppose to be flaws or difficulties or disagreements in God's word. And, and, and this is an important thing for us to, to keep in mind as Christians because God's word is reasonable. God's word is rational. It makes sense. And if you go from the beginning to the end, you can see it has a one coherent, common theme. And that theme is God is going to send a Savior to take away your sins. And, you know, through the Old Testament, they were looking forward to that, uh, that person coming. And then in the New Testament, that person was revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. And, you know, as reasonable creatures, we can see how God shaped and moved the, the course of hip time and history in order to bring about Christ at the perfect time and the perfect place to take away our sins. And we can, we can use our logic to think of things like, here's a very simple one. Uh, John three sixteen tells us, for God so loved the world. Well, logically, I can say God loves the whole world. I'm part of the world. Therefore, God loves me. That's objective justification, is that God loves all people, desires all people to be saved. That's a reasonable thing. And yet, it's only by faith that that reasonable thing can come into my heart and can move and change me into from a, a, a child, a follower of Satan, to a child and follower of God. And yet, so easily and so often, reason can go too far and take control of, uh, and, and go beyond what God's word even says. And you see this in that same example of objective justification where some people will look at that and say, well, reasonably, rationally, why would Jesus bother to die for the sins of people that he knows are going to go to hell anyway? After all, if Jesus is omniscient and God knows all things as as he does, why would he bother to die for someone who isn't going to be saved anyway? Uh, and, and through that, they come up with a concept known as limited atonement, which is the idea that, jesus only died for some of the for those who are going uh to heaven but the problem with that uh, that idea is if jesus only died for those who are going to heaven how can you be sure that you are going to heaven how can you know for certain that you're someone who is going to to, to end up in the heavenly courts of God and not someone whose faith is going to fall away at some point in your life. You, you don't. And that ends up putting the, the onus on yourself to be sure that you remain a believer. And what it does, the problem is it, is it makes faith the object of your salvation rather than Christ the object of your salvation. Um, if your faith saves you, but it's only because of the work of Jesus that comes through that faith because of the grace poured out on our hearts through the cross and through all the work that he did through his perfect life and innocent death and glorious resurrection. Now that grace comes to us through that faith, but it's not the faith in and of itself that saves us. It's Jesus's work that saves us. And because Jesus took away the sins of all people, so that passage, God so loved the world. So he loves all people, therefore he loves me. And that's, that's the glorious promise. And the very important reason why we teach that doctrine of objective justification, because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've committed those sins over and over again. God loves you. God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And, you know, human reason may may uh, try and struggle to, to make sense of that or, or so many other different doctrines in the, in the Bible. And yet this is what helps us to correctly balance that f- childlike faith versus that reason where, where God says, I desire all men to be saved. Jesus took away the sins, not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. When God uses passages like that, we believe and trust that, yes, indeed, Jesus did die for all people, not just for some. And, you know, there's many doctrines like this in God's word. You know, think of uh, the real presence. Logically, how can Jesus be at the right hand of God and also be present in, uh, in the Lord's Supper uh, whenever we celebrate it? You know, logically, we'd say that's not possible. And that ends up in the Reformed churches where they teach that Jesus' body and blood is not really present, that it's simply a representation. It's a memory, a memorial meal. Uh, but we, by faith, believe and trust that God's word says what it says, that we don't take our reason too far. When Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, we believe that it is what he says it is. And so we do this by faith. So that's the proper balance between faith and reason is is using reason in so far as God gave it to us and understanding his word using the logic that he's blessed us with to connect the different Bible passages that connect the different doctrines in his word that we can read and understand. But then when our reason is, is challenged by God's word and when God's word says one thing and our reason wants to lead us somewhere else, that's where we, we allow our, we put our reason in the back seat and we let faith be the driver and we, we trust by faith what God tells us in his word. And we, we look to him and his word for answers. And I I think that's really the proper balance we are to have. Yes. Uh, we are to have that—the uh, ability to think through problems and 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 study doctrines and and dig deep into God's word. And you know, God's word is—you know—one of my favorite—one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, uh, metaphors. Is God's word is like an ocean. You know, it's shallow enough that babies can can uh paddle around and build castles on the beach and and play but it's deep enough that the the deepest depths of the ocean haven't yet been explored and uh you can spend your entire life studying god's word and still find new and amazing things in there and that that's that's why god gave us uh, that rationality that reason the ability to study his word and get deeper and deeper and then also and yet also at the same time having that childlike faith that simply hears believes and trusts what God says and it's a challenge for all of us to 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 balance that uh, to balance that our our reason and logic with that childlike faith that we are to have and yet that's the the life that God has called us to here on this earth is to to balance these things in our minds and ultimately to have that childlike faith and indeed Jesus said to those children uh, and, and to the disciples unless you have faith like one of these little ones you cannot enter the kingdom of God and that's the faith that that, uh, that we you and I are to have, is that trust in God implicitly and completely. And when he tells us something, we believe it. Okay, so for our hymn of the day today, uh, we are doing Children of the Heavenly Father this week. That's one of my favorites, obviously. It connects very well with our theme for VBS. And so uh, the kids will be singing it this Sunday at 10 a.m. in our worship service. So I hope you can join us for that and encourage those kids who come to sing to their Heavenly Father as well. So this hymn goes like this. Uh, it's hymn 785 in the worship supplement. Children of the heavenly Father, safely in his bosom gather. Nestling bird nor star in heaven, such a refuge e'er was given. God his own doth tend and nourish. In his holy courts they flourish. From all evil things he spares them. In his mighty arms he bears them. Neither life nor death shall ever from the Lord his children sever. Unto them his grace he showeth, and their sorrow all he knoweth. Though he giveth or he taketh, God his children ne'er forsaketh is the loving purpose solely to preserve them pure and holy. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church. Until next time, may God bless and keep you and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.